I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about survival triage. And what I'm talking about is, obviously, we all have a certain amount of supplies, sustainability, weapons. We have a need for people to keep the world going on, but we only have so many resources So I kind of wanted to talk and get people thinking about what's important. Like, you know, what are you willing to do? And I think if you decide beforehand, I think one of the big problems we run into in life is people end up reacting on emotion. And making decisions on emotion never ends well, to be honest. Um, So I thought if you kind of got your mind stirring thinking a little bit beforehand, like, hey, you know, what should I do? You could kind of make these decisions and then go into things with the right mindset. And I don't have any of the right answers. I just have all the right questions. Um, You know, the things that you should be thinking about and what's really going to be relevant. Um, Now, some people have a faith in God and they think, you know what? As long as I do the right thing, then God's going to provide and things are going to work out. So maybe that's your plan of attack. But if it is, I would say, one, God wants you to prepare first off. Um, You know, time and again, all through the Bible, it talks about, you know, preparing for things. So maybe you should be in check with what you should be doing. And if you want to be able to be compassionate and help out and care for people, maybe you should set up your stores and your survival plan to accommodate that. But even so, God, you know, throughout the Bible helps people who have nothing and he provides. I can think of a lot of examples. That may be your survival plan and that's okay. Um, But if that's not your plan then you need to kind of think about things beforehand. Think about how things might play out. Think about what's important. Um, is, you know, sharing your 
seven day food supply for your family with another family that cuts you down to three and a half days, is that acceptable to you? Is it acceptable to turn away another family and say, you know what, can't help you, move on? You know, these are the kind of questions that I wanted to get into. Um, any thoughts, Kevin? Yeah, Not it's many? rough. I mean, yeah. it's really uh, a lot of the a lot of it is um, you know you can always say you need to just have more stuff enough to provide for everybody, but that's just not the case. That's just never going to be not the case. Practical. Yeah, no. it's not practical. Practical to say uh, you should have prepared better because um, you know there's always going to be you can't feed everybody in the in the world. Um, um, yeah, and sacrifice no. your your own family exactly. To do it. I mean, you have a certain obligation to your wife to your kids. Or to maybe your survival buddies kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. the people you plan to group with. You have, a, you know, an obligation to the commitments that you make. Um, honestly, I tell my kids a lot, you're never going to help people by giving them stuff. You know, it's a big thing. Um, the Red Cross is kind of in the news. I don't know if you guys saw on the Facebook, one of the uh, town council guys in Houston went on Facebook and is like, Whatever you do, don't give money to the Red Cross. Yeah, he just trashed him up and down. And he trashed him up and down. And the idea is he's like, they didn't show up. They're mm-hmm. not here. They're not giving out water. They're not doing anything. But they're running around everywhere I go. Sam's Club. I go to my money. local deli. There's a jar for the Red Cross. All this stuff. My experience has been a little jaded with the Red Cross. I had a buddy in the Navy uh who ended up in a bad situation with them, I guess. they. Uh, when you're in the military and you're in a combat zone, you're not allowed to send communications out, or at least that was the deal when I was in. Mm. And so you're not allowed to send an email to your, you know, whatever. I mean, you can send it, but it just won't get there. Right. Um, and what had happened was his mother and his sister, actually his mother and his two sisters were all killed in a car crash. Well, we were out and deployed. And uh, so the only way the family can get in touch with them is through the Red Cross. And so they go to their local Red Cross and, you know, can you send this urgent message to them? And sure enough, he gets the message. And I have to tell him two days after the funeral that his mom and sister. And the thing is, in the military, they won't let you go home after the funeral. They'll let you go home for a funeral, for the funeral of a mother, father, or sibling, I think was the rule. I don't know mm. the details. I know had he known before the funeral, he could have gone and grieved with his family. And instead, I had him messed up for the rest of the cruise where he couldn't get his head right because mm. he was destroyed by it. So that kind of left a sour taste. Um, maybe some things in Afghanistan. I don't know. But... Whatever it is, that's not my point. I kind of went off on a tangent tangent there. But the idea is, I keep telling my kids, you're not going to help people by giving them stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you see people, you know, who need water and whatever in Houston. Yeah. I'm not saying, oh, don't, you know, don't right. take care Being of your Being charitable neighbor. is important. Charitable is cool. Right. But what I mean is, long-term benefits, you know, you see a poor family, you know, how many times do you see you give them a house and then, you know, they lose it because they can't afford to pay the taxes or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. My point is, it's better to teach people right, and show them how to provide for themselves. 
So that's maybe something to think about with this. Um, there's a uh, card game that was really popular, I think, right before... Uh, well, I say really popular. Really popular in my world. Mm. Um, in the survival prepping community. And uh, all over Facebook and stuff. I think around Thanksgiving, Christmas last year was this uh, conflicted card game. And I was thinking about it again. I think now they have a board game or something like that that's out. I'm seeing more ads on the Facebook. I'll put a link in the show notes. But they put out these cards and it basically lays out these scenarios. And you're supposed to discuss, you know, how would you handle each scenario. And, you know, they lay out a lot of things that, you know, kind of get you thinking. So... I'm going to throw out a couple of sample cards. If you think that uh, this is like, uh, what, what do you call it when you ruin the movie? Um, spoiler. A spoiler. Maybe you want to not listen, but I think it just gives you the edge so you'll win the game, right? That's right. That's the way I see it. The idea is they're supposed to invoke thought. Um, so here's the first one. It says, your camp was attacked and you and your buddies fended off the attackers and took three people prisoner. Supplies are low, and there are extra mouths to feed. Would you kill them to remove the threat and save supplies, or try to convert them and lose supplies building trust? This would cut your supply timeline in half, or would you set them free, risking a counterattack? How would you handle the situation and why? Now, what do you think about that, Kevin? I mean, what comes to mind? There's a lot of options with that, you know. I mean, as far as uh, as far as building trust and friendship, um, you know, you don't want to just uh, randomly shoot somebody um, because they were, you know, kind of because they were hungry. They're yeah. trying to feed their baby, right? You know, and what do you what do you do in a situation like that? I mean, there's there's a million different options. But do you think they're not going to come back? Well, you could cut off their finger, their trigger finger. <laughs> Make a little necklace. Wear wear them around your yeah. your neck. Set or maybe them loose. put it around their neck. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a tough one because it's uh you know leaves a lot up in the air as far as uh you know why why they were uh, attacking and why they were uh you know trying to trying to get you in and what are you gonna do about it? Right. I um when I was in the military, it, it was weird. I was in uh, over in Kosovo. And it's former Yugoslavia there. And it was an ugly time. Um, people are brutal. You see a lot of, you know, people degrade so fast to such a depraved state. Now, obviously, you know, if you have some sense of morals and people are sticking together and, you know, working together, then that might be different. But... I am worried that you know there's an ugly world out there. Yeah. Well, if your kid's starving, man, you're you're you uh, lose your morality pretty quick. And that's, uh, I mean, it's nice to help people out, but you honestly, I mean, it does kind of have to be a case by case, and you figure out what's going on and how you're going to handle it. But these are things you need to kind of start to think about before you end up in that situation. So. I don't know. You just have to think about it and, you know, kind of try and come up with a plan. So the next one I got is you were attacked by a gang of robbers 
and you have successfully defended your urban stronghold. After scouting around, you find their children and their old and their old waiting at a safe distance. Too young and too old to survive on their own. Supplies are incredibly low and every scrap of food counts. Would you take the old and the children prisoners and share your supplies or abandon them? Your limited supplies would be cut in half and a supply run would put the put lives at risk. How would you handle the situation? How about that one, Kevin? Feed the old people to the young people. Mm. Yeah. I mean, what do you do in a Kevorkian kind of theme? (laughs) Is that what you're going with? Yeah, I mean, what do you do in a situation like that? I mean, these are all impossible questions, right? Right. They're people. And that's the the point. I mean, what's the point of of survival if if you have to uh, destroy civilization and and civilized thought uh, to survive? That's, you know, if you lose your humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, you resort to cannibalism or, you know, what? That's, you know, what, what is life worth then? Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you let your wife die to save yourself, you know, or, you know, people are like that. Obviously, that's not the way we see the world. Right. But that's what I'm saying. But then what have you left? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you living for? Right. Um. Yeah. No, I mean, these are the kind of things. They're children. But, mm-hmm. all right, if you take these children, your kids are going to starve. Yeah. Maybe everybody will starve now. We all die together. You know, I mm-hmm. think... Uh, there was a book way back called uh, Nazi Doctors. Yeah. And uh, in this book, they would talk about, you know, they'd have vaccines for like the flu and maybe tuberculosis, different things. And they would give it to the Jewish doctors who were in the camps, you know, taking care of their own people and say, yeah, you have 10 people sick with the flu or whatever. You have a bunch of people who aren't sick yet. And you have, you know, these vaccines and inoculations. What do you do? You don't have enough. If you split it up and everybody gets a little, you're all going to die. Right. And if you try and, you know, how do you decide who lives and dies? Right. These are horrible, ugly questions that nobody wants to think about. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, kind of just, you know, throw a little bit in your uh, soul there and kind of, you know, just prepare your mind for, you know. And maybe, maybe that means you step up your prepping. Yeah. Maybe that's like, hey, you know, really I should come up with a plan to really, you know. Yeah, and when you get down to it, you have to um, really do a, a thorough inventory of uh, your supplies. Um, you know, there's minimum uh, minimum food, food requirements, calorie requirements to stay healthy. If you're inactive, uh, you know, an adult male requires... Um, about 1,700 calories to just survive and not do anything. Um, children need about 1,200 calories just to, just to survive, not doing anything. I mean, cutting down supplies is, is fine, but you have to go through calorie by calorie and, and designate how much each person needs. It can get really tricky when, uh, when you're talking about long-term survival on limited, uh, limited supplies. Now, you were telling me you had some insight on uh, starving? Yeah, yeah. I looked, uh, looked this up. All right, tell me. Let's, let's talk about starvation. Um, 
Starvation is the result of inadequate intake of nutrients. Now, there's three phases of starvation. The first phase is basically it, it starts about three after three hours after your last meal. So you go through this first phase on a day-to-day basis. Um, what happens is your glucose levels that are normally maintained by your liver after about three hours after, after eating, um, they're maintained through a production of glucose from proteins, gly- uh, glycerin, and fat in your body. <clears throat> I have fat. We're in. Yeah. No, and, and honestly, when it comes to a starvation situation, body fat is a plus. Nice. I'm king. Yeah. So the second phase of starvation, uh, the second stage of starvation can last for weeks. That's when people are starving and you see them. That's generally what you're what you're looking at. Um, the body uses up the fats as the main uh, source of energy. Okay. Proteins that are, aren't essential for survival are used first. Now that's the why third, your muscles go away. Yeah, that's that's the third phase of starvation. Is is uh, uh, begins when uh, the fat reserves run out. Okay. And uh, your body starts using proteins that are necessary. Uh, muscles are your biggest source of protein in your body, and your body starts consuming that. This is this is about two weeks into uh, okay. without food. Um. Uh, the muscles are quickly consumed by the body. After this, proteins used for cellular function are broken down, and cell function, cellular function, de- degenerates. Now, most people in this phase die of um, illnesses that you wouldn't normally even get sick from, but your body has no uh, no defense against. You know, uh, even even a simple cut, you know, can be the end of your life. You know, a small cough that. You might have three coughs and then not think about it anymore because you never really got sick. Right. That might be uh, terminal now. So most people die uh, from illnesses when they get to this phase before they die of actual starvation. Okay. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things with, with, um, with uh, the calorie intake. You want to be able to spread it out as much as you can. And limiting your your supply is going to make that starvation period last longer than a few weeks. You know, I think you have, they said between two weeks and 70 days is what you have without food. It really depends on the person and, uh, you know, the the climate and the shelter that they have, you know, around. You know, if you're you're out and it's uh, 20 degrees outside and all you have is a campfire, two weeks is is, going to be a stretch without any food. Now... If you do are dealing with somebody that is uh, starving to death, and they're in that phase three, and they're they're dying, they you know they are hallucinating and they uh, are are weak and and incoherent. You can't just start you know shoveling potato chips in their mouth because that'll kill them. It's it's too late for that. You know that type of food isn't isn't gonna work anymore. Their body's not able to digest that food and properly use it. So when you're dealing with somebody that's actually starving, like the um, when the Allied forces came across the concentration camps, they couldn't just start feeding them rations. It would kill them. What you have to do is have uh, low, small quantities of food that are high in protein and um, high in uh, vitamins and minerals. 
because uh, heavy, bulky items like, uh, you know, potatoes and uh, turnips and things like that, it's just the body's not going not gonna to convert it. Bread, things mm. like that, at that point it's too late. It's too late for carbohydrates and, and fats and sugars. You need to go directly with uh, protein and, and things that are rich in the, the minerals and things that they, they are short on. You know, a lot of things like uh, vitamin D deficiency and uh, vitamin C deficiency, scurvy, things like that. Yep. You know, cause serious uh, serious health problems just aside of the fact that your body's eating itself, you know? Right. Um, so what they say is low bulk food, high in protein, vitamins, and minerals are necessary for this to stop the process of starvation once phase three has begun. So that's the ins and outs of starvation. So I should buy that 50-pound bag of rice at Sam's Club is what you're saying? Um, what I'm saying is you should stock up on, on beef jerky and have that well, as your last resort. Well, eat the rice first. Eat the rice first, right. And then save the jerky for the yep. end. Yep. So, um, you know, now if you're in a situation, you know, I know a lot of people say multivitamins are bullshit. And they are bullshit because you get all your vitamins from the food you eat as long as you're eating a somewhat healthy, mm. healthy diet. Mm. But if you're starving, your body's going to start consuming its own body fat. Body fat, but that doesn't mean that you're not gonna, that you're going to get supplied with the the vitamins and the nutrients you need. So if you're starving to death and you have a bottle of uh, of those, you know, multivitamins, yeah, definitely worth taking one a, one a day. One a day. The the men's health one a day, man. All Do right. it up. Living it up. Those you don't want to buy too many in bulk. Planning for the future, they do degrade. They do go bad, um, that's right. But, you know, hey, it's better than not having them. I right. can tell you that. And just because they say they're bad? Oh, no, I'm, I right. mean, you might be good for a year. I'm just saying yeah. don't buy 20, you know. Yeah, don't buy uh, don't buy 20 years supply and stick it in a closet somewhere. be like, somewhere. yeah, that's yeah. going to work out great. But remember those, those vitamins, most medicines and vitamins, when you look at the expiration date, what it, what it means there with the expiration date is that it's going to start losing... Potency. It's effective, right. right? Doesn't mean it's useless. It's supposed it's, to match the label up mm-hmm. to the expire date, right? In your potency, so mm-hmm. just something to think about. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just kind of, you know, how do you decide what's right? What about illness? You know, if somebody gets sick, mm-hmm. um, do you move them away from the camp and be like, yeah, you're gonna die anyway? Yeah, you have uh, constant diarrhea. I'm sorry, buddy. You're not you're not it, hanging out over, with the rest you of know? us. There's, you know. Shouldn't have drank that water from the uh, from the pond. I don't want to get into trouble and tell people about my chickens, but you know, sometimes chickens get sick. Yep. Sick, and you know, that's Gotta the Gotta call end. the herd, man. And you know, you take care of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and no, my my kid was uh, was sick last week. He was throwing up, and I um, set up a tent in the backyard and moved him out. Said so you can come back when you <laughs> stop throwing up, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, I hope you make it. I'll check on you in that's a week. That's it, you know. Hang in there, stay <laughs> strong, brother. And that's it, you know. But you gotta, you know, just think about these things beforehand, and maybe when you're thinking about these things, maybe what you're thinking is, hey. I should step up my game. You know, right. I should step up my preps. Right. Are you going to turn away a pregnant woman? Well, I, mean, I it's would. It's a hard but... question. You're rotten, dude. Rotten. I was joking. <laughs> I get in too much trouble for uh, my callous humor. Yeah. 
Yeah. I um I was reading a, a thread the other day on survivalism, and uh, somebody was talking about uh, if one of your members of your team gets captured by the enemy, how do you set up a safe swap? Like if you, you know, show up, All right. blah blah blah. One of the people wrote in that said if he got captured, fuck him. You know, that was he his fucked own up. Fault? Yeah, that's his own fault. He's on his own. You can't think of your your friends and family like that because they're going to start thinking about you in the same way. Now that that's a dangerous road. So, actually, that brings me to the last card I had for tonight, right. and it is uh, list five crimes punishable by death in a post-apocalyptic world that, in the world of today, do not carry that sentence. Mm. And I was wondering your thoughts on that. I'd say cannibalism has to be on the top that, of that that's list. In, that's number one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's actually a punishable. Maybe that not is by pun- death. Yeah, that is. I don't know. In, in uh, most coward states, they uh, don't do by death anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. We'll take cannibalism. Um. Uh, I guess stealing can be a. Uh, yeah, hoarding food. I could see that. I mean, not that we want to turn into socialism or anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if you're stealing from the group, you know, because every little bit you take. You know, you sneaking in and taking those candy bars, that's life and death. Yeah. Um, You know, you're taking the life from somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, trust is such an important thing in a situation like this that if you can't count on people, it ends bad, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. These are, you know, things like I said. It's good to think about kind of beforehand. And even if all it does is make you, you know, Step up your game on prepping. Mm-hmm. Then maybe that's something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd have to put murder on the list. Murder's on the list, yeah. Yeah, it sounds right. Uh-huh. We're still short on two, though. I can, uh... Oh, we need two more? Two more. We gotta come up with five. All right, we can do that. Um, so yeah, I think stealing. I think, uh... Man, I mean, I gotta tell you, little things like lying... I mm-hmm. mean, even or almost, yeah. You know, at that level, sleeping just on no, sleeping on watch. I don't need to know, you know, bull crap. I don't need to know that you're running off with your girlfriend behind the whatever. Uh-huh. That's not what I'm talking about. But when people are like, "Oh, you know, I, I saw this refugee girl outside our camp, and I've been sneaking her extra food, even if it's." Your portion, you know? Right. All right, imagine a scenario like that. So everybody's given an MRE at night, and you take your MRE and you give half to the little refugee person that's coming over and talking to you, Mm -hmm. and you let them go. But when you have less of the food that that your group is having, it's going to take a toll on you, and it's going to take a toll on your readiness. One- to do your work in the, you know, in the gardening, the hunting, the whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take a toll on your ability to do watch, to, you know, protect and do survival, you know, preparedness. It affects everybody else, the decisions you make for yourself. Right. When, you know, in a situation like that. So, I mean, every little thing gets so, you know, crucial. And that's that's back to, you know, what it all comes down to. Yeah, I remember when I was in uh, South America. Uh-huh. Um, I was uh, north of Resistencia in Argentina, and um, pretty much everybody there is, is our starvation levels. 
Right. And um, it was a big deal. You don't feed the dogs. Don't feed the dogs. Because uh, anything you give to the dogs is something that you're taking out of the mouth of somebody that's actually starving. Yeah. You know, and the dogs were, there are dogs all over the place wandering around all covered in mange and, and, you know, ribs showing and everything else. But, you know, you give anything to a dog and it's basically taking food out of a, a child's mouth. Right. You know, there was nothing extra. So, things like that. Uh, I mean, that's the, you know, that's the world. And that's what we're talking about with this whole prepping survival thing. Right. You know? Um, Life and death. So, on a happier note, is that, you feel like we've covered it? Yeah, I feel like completely depressed and I'm ready to hang myself. So, like I said, on a happier note, um, Baby Bird 24 left us a review on the iTunes. All right, what's it say? Said all kinds of nice, happy things. I'm not going to read it. I'll get all red and embarrassed. I'll okay. blush a little bit. Giggle, giggle like a schoolgirl. But girl. bottom line, choose like, hey, they bring insightful information good and that's what we're trying to do so i really appreciate it appreciate when you guys go over and leave us the feedback that's really cool um you uh wanted to talk about sonic weapons what are we yes yes before we get into that oh uh, you guys may hear the cicadas and tree frogs we're doing an outdoor podcast today that's all right, getting a little close to nature. Yeah, our uh, studio is under uh, renovation, we'll Renovation, call it. all right. And uh, we'll be back there next week, but uh, you're just going to have to uh, enjoy the sounds of wilderness. The relaxing sounds of outside. Uh-huh. Now, uh, sonic weapons have been a thing for a while. It's, a, it's basically a non-lethal weapon that you can use. Um, what it is is basically it's a loud sound that's at a, at a frequency that makes you nauseous and dizzy. Is this when they were playing Twisted Sister all the time? Yeah, well, that would be that could be a sound sonic weapon. Okay. But the sonic weapon that I'm ta- I'm going to talk about now is a sonic weapon that nobody knows about. We don't what? know how it works. We don't know what's going on. But but you're going to crap your pants when you hear it. Is it one of those? This is. <laughs> No, this is a, this is actually a serious thing. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna read you uh, a little bit from this uh, from this news report. This is Armed Forces News. All right. Reports that a mysterious sonic weapon has been used to target American diplomats in Cuba in Cuba are puzzling scientists. Citing a review of medical records, CBS News reported Wednesday that some U.S. and Canadian diplomats in Cuba have been diagnosed with mild traumatic brain injury and likely damage to the central nervous system after an apparent sonic weapons attack targeting their homes. Now, this is the homes of diplomats. This is their family, their kids. Uh, Permanent hearing loss is one of the the things that's going on. Nobody knows who's doing it. This is all in Cuba. Okay. Nobody knows who's doing it or why they're doing it. But there's one Cuban politician, multiple American diplomats, multiple Canadian diplomats— and uh, they say they report sounds of like metal scraping, and then that doesn't sound pleasant. Then they get uh, uh, brain damage and dizzy, and suffer serious uh, long-term or permanent hearing issues. And most people didn't even hear a sound, so it's at a frequency that that humans can't even hear. 
but it's uh, they've uh, been target. You're gonna hear a little bit more about this on the news coming up, I'm sure. But uh, my Cuba, experience has been that I hear something, and then about three days later, it hits the news. Yeah. So maybe around when this podcast comes out, who yeah, knows? it'll it'll be coming out now. Um, Cuba. In a in a strange twist of events, because they were so um, anti sonic weapons. No, because they're so uh, they were so shocked because they they it was like they have this big push going now that the U S left this the uh, lifted the embargo that um they you know they're really trying to keep Be relations besties. positive right. and not not permanently uh, give permanent brain damage to damage uh, to American to, diplomats. To diplomats. Right. So they actually allowed the FBI and the Canadian Mounted Police. Oh, they sent them down with their horses? With their horses? No, I don't know if they went with their horses. My son was wondering why he was, you know, he was picturing them riding around with their horses looking for uh, sonic weapons. But That's awesome. They don't know if this is uh, equipment that's implanted in their homes or from outside their homes targeting their homes. But most sonic weapons don't work through walls and, and closed windows. All so right. they don't know how it's actually affecting people. Well, and maybe they're them. using my TV speakers. Ah. Secret see? of the pros right there. <laughs> but, so, you know, let's keep our eyes open for this one. This seems like uh, it, could, it could be interesting. Let's keep our eyes and, and our ears. And our ears. <laughs> nice. You like nice. that, Safe? There you yeah. go. Now, I wanted to uh, share a recipe that I've been trying out the past uh, few weeks. It's a little afternoon pick-me-up. Tell me about this now, exciting news. Now, when I get home, after a long day of work, I've been uh, pouring a glass. Southern Comfort. No, it's, a, it's an ounce of gin. Oh, an ounce of gin. An right. ounce of orange juice and a raw egg. Gin, now, orange juice, and a raw egg. Now, what you want to do is shake it up. In a shaker. And then it's nice and frothy. It goes right down. Today I made a mistake and I stirred it. I thought I could just stir it really good. Not shake Didn't it. work out so well. It was, it was big chunks of egg. And it was just kind of gross instead of being a, a delicious afternoon delight. Now you're saying other times it's a delicious it's, afternoon It's a delight. delight. It is. Wow. So what I recommend, you know, a shot of gin, shot of orange juice. Raw egg, shake it, then drink it. It's frothy and delicious. Very interesting. Mm. Gets your protein and your alcohol, both your basic food groups. Both food groups, nice. All right, I like it. So, you guys may want to head over to uh, our Facebook page, Prepping Badass. Mm -hmm. Um, may want to check us out on... What, subscribe to the iTunes? Yeah. Maybe you're feeling, you know, I do get a lot of value from Kevin and Chuck. Maybe I should head over to Patreon. That's and, right. And, uh, you know, maybe pledge a dollar a month, $2 a month, $5 a month. I'm not, you know, hey, whatever. And, uh, you know, little little funnage. Yeah. And um, if we... um. You know, yes. if you have any, if we we're talking about the uh, five crimes punishable by death in the apocalypse, and we didn't cover any that you think are important, I'd love to hear about them. Kevin would love to know what you think is worthy of you can, hanging you can, somebody. Yeah, you can email us at uh, 
uh, preppingbadass at gmail.com. You can also email me your um, your recipes for uh, afternoon pick-me-ups. At, uh, now, I just drink black coffee. You have to... <clears throat> come on, it, caffeine that late in the day, is not, it's not good for you, man. No. You're going to have a hard time get, getting to sleep. All right. No, no. So, uh, you know, you can you can email us this at uh, preppingbadass at gmail.com. We'll, uh, if you guys have any uh, good recipes or if you have any good um, crimes punishable by death, let us know. We'll read them on the uh, podcast next week. And... Um, You got anything else, Chuck? I think that's it. So otherwise, stay safe, and we will talk to you guys next week.